Hello and welcome to a brand new Coifcast series, my 13. It's really quite simple. These shows are going to sit separately from our usual episodes. And um, we're just going to delve into our favourite and best players to have ever done the black and amber, according to our guests, of which we're hoping to have many, many, many over the coming weeks, months, even years. Who knows? Now, of course, with a new idea, a new idea like this, um, we need to test drive it. So we're going first. And it would be a bit weird if we hosted this series without actually giving our 13s as well. I think you'll agree. Uh, I'm Ross Williams, your host, as I'm sure many of you are aware. I'll be giving my 13 on the second episode of this series. So do follow or subscribe wherever you may be uh, listening to this, potentially on YouTube. This is actually the first one on our Coifcast YouTube uh, channel. So go over there and subscribe. Um, but we're going to kick off with my esteemed co-host, Adam Hughes, who's with us now. Um, Adam, excited to be the guest for once? Excited to be the guinea pig? Yes, I feel like I'm back on episode two being the guest. <laughs> it's got that vibe, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Come and pick your team and tell us, open up for everybody to judge. It is pretty much the same thing. <laughs> pretty <laughs> much, like, isn't it? <laughs> it should be fun, but I think it should be fun. Um there's no hard ground rules to this series. We're not going to lay any down, I don't think. I think we want to keep it pretty fresh. So whoever show it is can pretty much decide how they want to build the team. I mean, I was kind of throwing ideas around in my head today. If, if we get an historian on who knows everything about the 1935 team, why not? I'd like to hear about that. Um, we want to keep it fresh. But I believe we are keeping things simple, at least for mine and Adam's. And I'm pretty sure your team's going to be who you've seen live, who you've yeah. seen the fl- in the flesh, right? Yeah, so I've basically based it on players I've seen sort of since I started watching cast, which for anybody wondering, I started sort of midway through 2004 with my first real full season being a cast fan following them home and away. Was that uh, 2005 season in the second division? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And obviously kind of works for this first episode and, and well, probably the second one as well, because obviously I'm a, I'm similar-ish uh, within kind of a year or two and obviously similar kind of age and similar time watching cast. So hopefully, uh, well, I'm sure we'll be able to share quite a few stories around these players in the next half an hour, 45 minutes or so. So let's get going. Let's get yeah. going. Obviously, my 13 starts with number one, starts with the fullback position. Who are you going for? Yeah, a couple of interesting choices. Um, I'm sure... We've had a bit of a mixed bag at fullback over the, that period of time. Um, I would be surprised if anybody wouldn't have this guy in their top two, mm. at least. Uh, and I've gone for Luke Dawn. Darnie. Luke Dawn. Darnie. Which pop- is, I think it'd be a popular. Pick. Yeah, definitely a popular one, I think. Um, he's obviously had two little stints at Cass. I'm going for mainly his 2014 to 2016 stint. Um Overall, I believe I've had a look at a few stats. So, eighty-five appearances for Cass over those two stints, which is probably I, d- I didn't know whether that was more or less than I thought it made. I think it's it a might bit be less. To be yeah. honest, I seem to remember him playing a lot of games for some reason. So, it's a bit of an interesting one. But yeah, he's a guy that has a very distinct voice. I always remember uh, <laughs> yeah. having worked down at Cass. Um, the moment we knew that the guys were done training was when we heard Donnie's voice booming through the stadium and normally uh, followed by Luke Gale's Basil Brush laugh an interesting <laughs> one but yeah Donnie a guy that um, me and you actually worked his leaving party um, 
all those years back. Remind I believe, me. I believe you was there. <laughs> might have, was that? I, Maybe. I might I have forgotten that. that one. I'm sure it was you. Might have been. Many might be forgetting ago. that one. But yeah, <laughs> I had the joy of kind of working that and um, getting a Donny's pat on, pat on the back and saying thank you for everything. Sort of that night was was pretty special and um, he's a pretty sound guy to kind of be around off the field. Obviously, we've not really talked about his on-field skills yet. Obviously, a great support player in his day. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I believe, it was a hat-trick he scored at, at Headingley. Um, I remember the Magic Weekend try where he pointed at the camera yeah. and that's quite an iconic picture that sticks mm-hmm. out in my mind. I believe it was in the the white shirt that was kind of the tiger print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like, the kind of the tiger a, Yeah, we had a few random, like, mad magic weekend few shirts. Magic, in few interesting yeah. ones. Uh, <laughs> but that's the one I remember. It's kind of an iconic picture. I remember using that quite a lot. Um, but yeah, number one, Luke Dawn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, like I said, I think it'll be a popular picker. I think, obviously, we're going to have a range of kind of ages as well on this podcast in terms of guests. So I'm sure, obviously, there's names back in the day. I mean, we've got yeah. Graham Steadmans, for example. There's tons of great fullbacks who played for cast. But I think certainly of kind of our generation, as you say, I think he's probably one of two or three, maybe. He's a standout um, one, for sure. Yeah, definitely. The last kind of 20, 25 years, obviously. Um, great Super League rep, generally. Yeah. Is he still Super League's all-time leading try scorer of an, of an Australian. It be, won't be far off. Uh, he was right the way up there, wasn't he, in terms of the overseas scorers. Um, as you say, a couple of stints, regardless of really nice bloke, as you say, it's not just within cast, within the game. I think he's, he's really well rated as a bloke. And um, I think a big, th- a big part of this series as well, as much as you know, stats are stats and they're great and everything, but I think moments is a big, big thing and what you really remember these players for. As you mentioned, the Magic one, there's two for me with Dorney, to be honest. There's I've forgotten two. Wigan. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've forgotten of... Wigan. I mean, look, I know non-cast fans hate it, but it, that was Sweet Caroline, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he oh, literally saw, he scored the, the, the Sweet Caroline try against Wigan at home in 2014. and But that alone, I mean, he's in folklore for, forever. Um, that was an unbelievable moment. And do you know what my favourite Luke Dorn moment is? It's not even that one. Go on. It's, not even that one. it's the fact he was the player who got headbutted by Sinfield. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's always a great memory. I've got my yeah, head just for that... just for everybody listening. I've got my head in my hands at the fact I forgot on Wigan. That the first tried... one got some nerves on this new series. It's fine. <laughs> but no, it, yeah, an amazing <sighs> moment obviously in the Wigan game. But yeah, I mean for me. It, the Sinfield thing was huge. I mean, the fact that Sinfield quite clearly called him a cast something. Mm. And I know there's kids who listen, so I'm not going to say what he said. Mm. But um, but that was beautiful. Just yeah. the Sinfield to be saying that to an Australian who's like <laughs> so regarded at cast that he's calling him a cast something. Was yeah. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, seeing Sinfield see his matching orders after that. But uh, yeah, Dorney, a great player. A fantastic, a really, really good attacking fullback. Yeah, it, 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 like, he wasn't the perfect fullback by any means, no. I don't think. But Certainly going forward, knew his way to the line and yeah, iconic, iconic moments. I think Dawn's a very strong pick. Uh, the very first pick of my 13 on the Cardiff cast at number one. Uh, let's talk wingers then. Let's talk uh, on number two. So the first of your wingers. Yeah, it's a v- very interesting one. I believe we've had some very prolific wingers, especially over the last sort of 10 years. Uh, obviously, very good left edges generally. Yeah, 
especially in that Daryl Powell era, I feel like anybody who were put out on that left edge generally got over the try line. Yeah. And I'll probably annoy some people with my picks. What's the beauty of it? Especially with who is, who's at number two. Um, I've gone for a very polarising player in Denny Solomona. Did he not retire too early? <laughs> Incredibly early. I believe he retired at like 22. From Very early retirement from rugby league, yeah. Um, yeah, sell it. So, I mean, you don't, you don't have to sell it, it's your team, but sell it to us. 44 appearances, 60 tries. That's pretty mind blowing, isn't it? We talk about strike rates, and <laughs> there's a player obviously that we talk about strike rates, but Denny Solomona beats him, and obviously, yeah. the. This Denny's obviously mad with how he left Cass. That's yeah. the big negative around it all, and obviously, it's an awful thing, kind of what he did. We got, yeah. ended up getting the payout at the end of the day. Does he sit there now as still only a thirty-year-old? Out of is he only thirty? He's only thirty. Wow. He's at, I think he's out of rugby completely now. Don't think he's playing rugby union. I know he went back over to New Zealand and played. Sort of the back end of year of the year down down in New Zealand. I haven't seen him sign anywhere else or anything kind of come up. I know there was rumours about him a couple of years ago potentially going to St. Helens, hmm. coming back to rugby league, which that'd have opened up another can of worms, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but for pure just try scoring ability, I don't think I've seen anybody better. Never mind in a cash shirt. I don't think I've seen anybody better in Super League. He's as like a, a a proper athlete winger as, as a proper as, in terms of physicality, in terms of what he could do, in terms of finishing, in terms of speed. I agree, he's up there. He's right the way up there. He was he was phenomenal that year, wasn't he? When he scored all those tries, he, he broke the Super League record up. I know. I think Greg might have rebroke it afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, but Denny broke the original try scoring record and. For a cast player to be doing that is it's just remarkable, isn't it? And it was again when we talk about moments. I, I remember Denny scored for London against us. Yeah. As we pretty much knew he'd signed. Yeah. And he scored, he might have scored a couple. Uh when they played him in their final games and were chanting at him <laughs> from the world of road. And you could just see his shoulders going. <laughs> you can see his shoulders going. He's loving it. And um, yeah, he was a bit of a character, clearly a bit of a character. But I in terms of like a like you say, a relatively short sample size of forty-four yeah. games, but Jesus, he made the most of it, didn't he? If he if he'd have gone on to play for another sort of four or five years at Cass, we, we're talking about him being a, a modern legend. I'd oh say. Yeah, yeah, easily yeah. he's scoring tries for fun. That twenty seventeen season, if he plays on that left edge in that team, yeah. taking nothing away from what Greg did in that season, absolutely not. He, he did great, but. Denny scores for fun. And yeah. You think that 2016 season, he did it without Michael Shenton. Is that where he got injured? Week Shen- one. Shenton okay. got injured week one. Thank you, John Bedebza. Um, blew, blew his knee out and that were him yeah. done for the season. And I, I, I mean, there'll be no surprise. I'm not ruining, it's ruining any surprise. We'll come on to Shenny later on. Yeah. Him, if uh, Denny Solomona plays outside Shenton all mm. season, how many could he have scored? Yeah. 
No, it's a great, it's a fair but, point. Yeah. I, I I can't even remember who fully was, with, with respect to who may have played centre that year. Was it Webber? Was it, it Webber Web on his left centre? Okay. Webber Web um, to left centre, I believe. Who played on the right? Then I'm trying to think. Twenty. It's not even that long ago. I'm really not too sure. Was was Minikin in there at that time? I'm not sure. No. Um, year after. But either way, yeah, as you say, the fact he didn't have necessarily a, a, a quote-unquote, this is not to say Jake Webster never passed, it's not the no. case, but to have a, a less of a passing centre inside it and to score the amount of tries he did, it, it is pretty remarkable. And yeah, a lot of it was just his pure physicality. So um, as you say, won't be the most popular pick. Doesn't no. matter. Doesn't matter. It's your no. team. And, um, I, I mean, as a cast fan that year, Denny was incredible. And I completely understand. And I think if you were a, even a, a kid probably a little bit younger than us, at that time, if you were 10 years old going to cast games that year, I mean, I, I could tell you your favorite player was, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. I'd have been Dennis Almona, so uh, Absolutely. yeah, I completely understand that pick. Yeah. Uh, hold the thought on the other winger, we're gonna go straight to centers, we're gonna do it numerically. So let's go to number three, and I believe you've almost certainly just mentioned him. We have just mentioned him, Jake Webster, straight in there, get the big unk in there. Um, one of the nicest blokes I have ever met in rugby league. Um, had time for everybody. Um, Especially media loved a bit, loved a bit of media doing some Q and A <laughs> sessions with the players. But over in his time uh, at Cass from 2013 to 2018, 124 appearances for Webbo. Big, strong, powerful. Definitely the centre that we needed at the time when he joined us. Yeah. Perfect complement to Shenny on the other side. So I, I think it just speaks for himself, and I think. I struggle to think of any other better options. I think, yeah, certainly in the kind of, the, the, again, the 20-year period where we're talking about, uh, if that's where the rules are, like I said, I'm sure there's options in the 80s and 90s. For it's just, we, we haven't seen them. <laughs> and uh, uh, this is the, again, this is the beautiful thing about this podcast. There'll be people in the cars going to work now and I was kind of screaming, screaming, screaming at the radio going, oh, you should have said, yeah, well, said we're going to get you all on. We're going to get you all on so you're, you can say them when you come on. But um, yeah, in terms of the, the period we've seen, Webbo, as you say, perfectly just what we needed. That He had that real grunt about him. Had a bit of pace as well when he, when he came yeah. over and he had some real strike and obviously former, former Kiwi, had all the reputation yeah. in the world. Um, just great. I know yeah. towards the end of his time with Cass, his body started to let him down. Maybe it was a, a it was a classic example of the last six seven years where he was probably one of those who stayed a little bit too long, sadly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you remember him at his peak, I mean, oh. this is the fellow who scored four tries, I believe, the day we lifted the league leader shield. Again, you talk about moments. Jake Webster were a big part of that massive period of Castleford uh, rugby history, isn't he? So, um, completely understand why Webber was in there. So your other centre then, and the, yeah, uh, no prizes for guessing who this is going to be, I assume. Oh, it goes without saying, I think this one, straight in there, number four, easy, easy, probably one of the easiest picks of this 13, Michael Shannon. Talking about a guy that's played 300 games for Cass, 120 tries, top try scoring uh, in Cass's history in the Super League. Leader on and off the field, clear yeah. to see. Made everybody around him better. Goes without saying that Shenny arguably could have been, I don't think he was, but arguably could have been first name on this in, on this team sheet. I think he won number two, to be fair. Yeah, I think as, we, as we've just said, centre-wise, in terms of the last, again, 20, 25 years, 
Yeah, he's got to be number one, isn't he? he, he he's not. <sighs> uh, it's not. It's not. It's not particularly close, is it? I mean, no. I, I mean, there was again, there was this thing. I there was a feeling uh, you felt around like the more cynical part of the fan base for, for a certain extent, like, oh, Shenny doesn't pass. What? Shenny <laughs> passes when he knows someone's going to score. There was a yeah. There was an element of that. Did he, yeah, he held onto the ball in in, in some right. regard. But generally the right decision, yeah. He used, he used to get pretty tight at the sideline as well. Uh, yeah. I felt like at the centre, because like I say, you don't score 120 tries without doing that, I suppose, do yeah. you? He's someone that just had the right knack of passing at the right time, being able to put his winger away and you know it's going to be a try, especially with some of the wingers that he's he's, play, he's played with. Um, I mean, a standout try assist is that behind-the-back flick pirouette thing he did at Magic against Magic Leeds. Weekend. Yeah. Was, I, it, I, was I, it Hitchcock's who scored? Did I? Uh, I believe that was Greg. Was it Greg? No, I, 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 I remember that. that that's, that's the mark of it though, isn't it? I mean, the fact is I know what try you mean. I remember the pass more than yeah. you, you, who even scored it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was just an amazing bit of skill and yeah, an unbelievable player, as you say. Unbelievable just, player. You, you talk about it. His feet were unbelievable. He had a knack of going, taking the ball right to the line and his, his late feet were unbelievable, being able to step and move at least two people over, really causing problems coming out of the backfield, defensively, often make, making up for a couple of players that were yeah. maybe poor in defence. I mean, you look at some of the wingers, they're not being talented defensively, but Shenny's decision-making in that instance and in those situations almost makes up for it. I think defensively as well, it's a mark of a player what your kind of opposition says about you. Yeah. Uh, there's a few players probably on this list that I imagine who will have had various kind of reviews from other from other um from other teams, from the coaching staff, or the players. I think that that was a mark of like press conferences and stuff like that around that time. They'd all call out Shenny's defence yeah. and how difficult it what it was to break down on that side because of how strong yeah. tactically and also physically Shenny were. Yeah. Uh, to get by. That's why he's that's why he got England caps. That's why that, let's be honest. With respect to us as a club, it's why Saints got him. It's why Saints. Got him. It, yeah. it's why Saints it, how often do Saints poach players from Cass? Exactly. It's very, very rare, isn't it? Let's be fair. He was a top, 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 top player and uh, deserved. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, didn't win a grand final, but played in the grand final, scored in a grand final yeah. uh, as well. And um, as I've said in the podcast before, he featured in my dissertation, which is probably the low light of his career, but uh, <laughs> probably shows uh, probably shows the, the, the mark of the bloke that he didn't really know who I was, but was willing to give me kind of half an hour of his time to chat about whatever. You had a, you had a half an hour about. conversation with Shenny? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I've, I've got a lot of good things to say about him, but an half an hour conversation with Shenny might send me to sleep. Might say more about you and me, mate. His voice, <laughs> I, I mean, his voice, especially in interviews, a little bit monotone and a little bit boring. Yeah, but a good bloke. A nice bloke. That's Great nice. bloke. That's all that really matters. Wound, um, wound me up for four and a half, five years. So, definitely a good bloke. Yeah, tremendous player, tremendous centre. And although we're not naming captains of a team, probably someone who'd be a at least a big consideration of a captain in this team as well. Be my captain in this team. There we go. Easily. Other winger, number five. Justin, Justin Carney. That absolute monstrous... The tank on the flank. The tank on the flank. How can I not have the tank on the flank on the way? Another guy that is games to tries ratio 
62 appearances, 63 tries. Jesus, I didn't realise it was that good. <laughs> now you talk about this, and I know I know the first cries of people is going to be, you've not got Green in the team. Unfortunately, one of these three people had to miss out. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fair, that's a fair point. It's a fair call, isn't it? it, 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 it it's, it's a fair honourable mention, whichever one misses out, isn't it? And I could even potentially think about Kirk Dixon as a, a, such a great player. great player to potentially put on the wing. Gonna need a goal kicker as well. Exactly. I've got, I've got, a, I've got a couple of decent goal kickers. Don't you worry. They're no. coming up. Um, but yeah, Justin Carney's got the nod in the five shirt for me. I think just the unbelievable destructiveness that we got to enjoy. I mean, he was only playing between 2013 and 2015 before certain things happened. Yeah. Um, and obviously he moved on to Salford. But I remember him absolutely ragdolling Sam Tompkins. Yeah, and I think that stands out, and it's just as much as you've got to rate Sam Tompkins as a player. He's a very he gets under your skin as both I'm sure a player and as a fan. But seeing him being ragdolled, quite a nice thing, especially around that time when he wore a sort of peak annoyance. It was at his pomp, wasn't he? He was like probably yeah, like a Man of Steel contender every year, like a tremendous player. But yeah. Team Justin Ratbag. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was rough. It was rough to play against that time, and I, I've never seen. I mean, Carney was just I, again. I think he'd make quite a lot of teams. Just we're talking about favorite players. Not like, yeah. that's the thing. It's his favorite players, not necessarily yeah. best. It's favorite players, and it's just I've never seen a player like him. Uh, that's the that's the best thing I can say about Justin Carney. I've never seen a bloke like him on rugby field. I mean, his quads were like Oof. tree trunks. You know, and he, he didn't he didn't step. No. <laughs> they didn't need to. Samoan sidestep. <laughs> yeah. As Sam Tompkins found out, as you correctly say. Um, but knew his way to the line and just a remarkable kind of character as well. He's, yeah. he's kind of upbringing and everything uh, yeah. in the Australia. Story, the story behind Justin Khan is, if you've, if you've never heard it, go look it up. He's essentially a cowboy, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. just like a genuine real-life cowboy. Um, yeah, I mean, we won't talk about too much what happened at the end, but... Um, Prior to that, it was yeah an unbelievable player, unbelievable yeah. player. I'm sure he'll make plenty of these teams. Certainly, kind of that our kind of generation. I think Carney would be knocking around a fair few of these. Speaking mm-hmm. of a player, and I, I mean, I'm going to go to number six now. And if we are doing this in the last 20, 25 years, I don't know how anyone could not pick one particular person. So, um, no, we can wax lyrical about him for five minutes if you want. So it's the first of my Man of Steel winners. During this time, yes, yeah, of which in this team there is three. Okay, and, unfo- and unfortunately, <laughs> two of those players were in the same position, so one of them had to miss out. Yeah, that's gonna be a debate for a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so this is my first man of steel player, um, Rangi Chase, because we are saying, I mean, the unbelievable talent, especially during that first stint between 2009 and 2013. Just, I think it made every fan watching around that time fall in love with Cass and just the sheer brilliance that he had. The unbelievable tricks, skills, just talent that he's got. I mean, take away his off-field issues and he could have been the best player in arguably Super League history, potentially. I think if we're talking about talent... Talent Talent-wise. I mean, I... I, 
un, un, unreached potential, I think, is sort of a word to describe Rangi. Because he had all the skills in the world. Just he's he's the epitome of that kind of flawed genius yes. idea idea, isn't he? He's like, oh. I mean, there's a lot of lot of footballers have it, don't they? They always have. Yeah. And he's he's that kind of character. I mean, yeah, in terms of pure, I mean, he literally it was the point where, especially if you were a kid growing up around here, and again, like I say, between that 20, 2009, 2013 time, obviously it was just 2011 he won the Man of Steel, yeah. right? Um it was a point where you almost didn't, you weren't going down the lane on a Sunday to watch cast. You were going down to watch Rangi. Everybody, really every kid in every park playing rugby wanted to be Rangi Chase. Everybody were doing the flicks trying to be Rangi Chase. The, the first, I think it was against Catalans, the first time he did, he put it around the back. We went down the side. The centre went, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was just unbelievable. I was actually, I think we literally were walking around the ground for some reason. I think we were just trying to get back to his place, into the toilet or something. Uh, he did it down the um, the railway end, and it happened in front of me. I was like, "What did he just do?" Because <laughs> it confused so many people. Because there's very few people that were able to do it. Everybody could potentially do it in training, just as a bit of a joke, but nobody had the skill to do it in a game. Nobody had the absolute balls to do it in a game. That's the thing. Yeah, it, it's that. It's that. You know, ripping up the. You never see it nowadays because like analytics and you know the, the percentage plays and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's the, there's no <laughs> there was no percentages to what he did. He would just what it kind of play what you see. I guess was yeah. the ultimate thing. I had this I had this chat with someone the other day about Rangi as well. Um, am I right in saying he kicked directly from a twenty meter restart once? And if you bounce uh, more than once, yeah. If you get I, I, again, I probably showing my age. I was quite young when he was kind of at his pomp, but because. A lot of people don't realise that is a rule where if you can kick the ball out with a bounce from the 20, you get the ball back, don't you? you get, I don't know if it, it might just be a tap now, but it was a yeah. scrum at the time. I've seen very few people do it before that, and I've seen very few people do it since. Because it's a percentage play, isn't it? It's yeah. a very low percentage yeah. play because you've got to nail your kick, otherwise you're just giving the ball back after a 20-meter restart, particularly now because it's a seven-tackle set. Yeah. So you, you, your coach is going to kill you if you, if you don't nail it. And yeah. they're probably still going to kill you if you do because it's such a mad play. But yeah, I'd never seen someone do that before. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't even know it was a rule before yeah. Angie did the other line. I remember teams putting wingers back watching <laughs> for it, yeah. which is just crazy. Amazing. But it's yeah, I think that just shows the kind of player that Rangi was, always thinking outside the box, kind of trying to just push every little inch that he could. Absolute terror as a bloke off the field, um, in and around the place, absolute joke merchant, um, terrorised me to hell. <laughs> um, if anybody were around his Instagram around the time that he came back to Cass, um, I'm the guy that has the same jeans on, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that. that one, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Always used to come in and say same jeans, cuz. I was like, yeah, Rangi, nice to see you too. I mean, I remember having a serious conversation to him and I slowly saw that his phone was coming up out of his hand and I'm like, put the camera away. <laughs> Trying to have a serious conversation about something. Um, But yeah, definitely always was a great bloke to sort of see and great to have around the place. And just, yeah, well, I think just just a massive part of the cast story in the last 15, 20 years, Absolutely. isn't he? It'd be a different club without him, I think. Because yeah. yeah. um, obviously in those dark times in 2010, 2011, where the club was, or 2012 as well, where the club was in a really bad way, he was there, you forget he was yeah. there. And 
managed to play the way through it and obviously got to 2013. And the fact he moved on, maybe it was money related. Who knows uh, what really happened? But um, yeah, just just a huge part of the cast story and oh. uh, the, the favourite player, I'm sure. I think anyone so under the age of probably 35, really, are probably looking at Rangi Chasers. You, you talk about talk about number one picks in the team, he's, he's got to be right the way up there. Um, so yeah, Rangi, of course, gets in your team at six. Seven. Seven. Luke Gale. This one I went back and forth on, I'll be honest. Ended up going with Gailey, but Danny Bruff was very close. Ooh, okay. I'll be honest. Because I, I, like I remember watching things. I remember watching Bruffy as a, a, a kid and just mm-hmm. his kicking ability just absolutely in awe of it. Yeah. Another one that's kind of similar to Rangi in had a little a few tricks in his bag. A maverick. Yes. Brilliant word. But I have gone with Luke Gale. I think the consistency that he had, especially during that 2015, especially through 2017, unbelievable. Obviously, won his uh, Man of Steel in 2017. 104 appearances for Cass. I think we can all definitely say we remember how great Gailey was. That 2017 season alone would put him in the, in this team for me because he just led that team from the front, scored Uggins of tries as well. His support play went up. It seems like 2016, Luke Dawn went. Mm. And 2017, Luke Gale seemed to think, oh, well, Dawn is not there to support anybody anymore. I'll go and get <laughs> those easy tries. Seemed to gain a, a yard of pace. And I'm like, where's this come from? Um, but it will be for his air transplant. So we'll we'll just put that in there as well. We can't use any of those pitches anymore. No. Um, but yeah, absolute joke, joke of a player, joke of a, of a bloke, um, wound everybody up and loved doing it. Um, but definitely a leader and just, I mean, we'll all remember that semi-final drop goal, won't we? Yeah, just... For years to come. Nerves of steel. Uh, but to be honest, I, I think in terms of nerves of steel, the drop kick was one thing. Um yeah, I don't get me wrong. I know, I know he kicked him in his sleep, but it's the fact he steps back and then the hooter goes. That always yeah. gets me. When you watch it back and the, you forget the hooter sounds as he's lining it up. Yeah. Like, in case you weren't nervous enough, in case it's <laughs> mean enough, there's your reminder. Yeah, here's your reminder um, what's on stake. <laughs> what's yeah. on stake here, boy? But it, it would, you watch it back and it's never in doubt. It's never in doubt. It was just, it had just so, the, the word for me with Gailey is confidence. He was so, so unbelievably confident that year and rightly so. And rightly so as well. Uh, there's the try sets up for Greg Minikin, isn't it? Where he kind of like banana kicks it uh, to, down to the right, right edge uh, after making the break and oh, just everything he touches kind of turned to gold that year, really. He had the that full year, on line really did. And, um, but great player overall, you know, and again, a great story in the fact he's done it the hard way, came through. Yeah. Leeds Academy, London, Bradford, and um, as much as we don't like people seeing people having much success at Leeds, the fact he ended up with a Challenge Cup final win as well, he, he deserved that really for his career. I think. Yeah, he did. Um, it's a shame he's completed the trifecta and <laughs> gone to Wakefield. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> and uh, I don't love the fact that he, he, he tried to send us down. He um, tried, he failed. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But uh, we, we've got those moments and. I'm sure he keeps casting his heart. So, and uh, I'm sure we'll keep Luke Gale in his heart as well. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give my team away. I'm wary. I'm going to give my team away. Yeah, by yeah. Team. So, <laughs> Careful. <laughs> uh, so, so we'll leave it there. But Luke Gale's 
your scrum half, which brings us to the pack, brings yep. us to the forwards. Uh, so we'll start with number eight and your first prop. Now, this is probably the position where there's probably the most to go at, I would assume, because there's yeah. so many forwards. So this is where we'll probably get the most variation, I guess. Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one at prop. You can kind of go a couple of players that I thought of. Andy Lynch just missed out on the team. You're looking at sort of Nathan Masio's been predominantly put out at prop, also 13. He's not made my team either. Got players like Junior Mars who could be put in the front row. But I've kind of gone for two guys in especially the front row that I have kind of faves in my heart and kind of I remember watching them being great. So number Keep eight, one. I've got Mitchell Sargent, which I know when I sent you the team, you hmm. went, ooh. Especially around Mitchell Sargent went, Oh, I forgot about him and but 61 cast appearances played between 2008 and 2010, which is definitely more, I think, than a few people might think he played. Like myself, yeah. The memory I have in my head is a crossfield kick <laughs> to Mike Wainwright. <laughs> and me and some of my friends, whenever we talk about crossfield kicks, the inevitability of, oh, you remember when Mitchell Sargent did it to Mike Wainwright? I, th- I believe it was against Warrington. Don't quote me on that, but I just have this memory of that and just being like, wow. This little, this big, like, blonde-haired prop forward has just put it on his end of his toe and landed it perfectly in corner. Wow. But he was he a big body and he was a great player as well. Not just, not just his kicking ability that I enjoyed. But, yeah, I believe he retired after he left Cass at the end of 2010. But, yeah. Unbelievable player. Great, great pick. Great pick. And again, one of those picks. Again, I'm probably just showing my age a little bit. Mine but slightly younger age in the sense that I was there. I, I, I watched him. I remember watching those lovely blonde locks. You couldn't miss him. Yeah. That kind of almost highlighted hair. It was, very, it was white, wasn't it? Really? It wasn't really yeah, pretty much was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but a pretty imposing figure. And yeah, a very good player from what I remember. Again, it's, well, it's probably not. Again, I'm not gonna give my team away really, but I mean, this is a great pick, and that, that that's the kind of play we want in kind of the series as well. Kind of plays met, not necessarily right on the tip of your tongue. You go, oh yeah, yeah, Christ, yeah, You've... Mitchell Sargent, why not? Mm-hmm. Plus, two of my favorite things in rugby league: crossfield kicks and Michael Wainwright. Yeah, exactly. So if he's going to complete that triangle, then that's 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 all that's all fine <laughs> by me. Uh, so there, the Sarge goes in at number eight. I like that. Um, Hooker. Well, you've already given away the, the dilemma. Yes. Uh, you've got you've got a number nine. So which way have you gone? It is tricky this one. It is tricky. Obviously, we've got Daryl Clark, and we've got Paul McShane. Both of them very just unbelievable players for, in a cash shirt. One of them obviously has done it for a lot longer than the other. But I have gone for Paul McShane. I've gone for the current number nine. Yep. Um, I believe Macca's ability. Just not only to be able to do 80 minutes for years, the absolute torment he's put on his body doing 80 minutes for Cass week in, week out for a number of years. We've sort of seen it almost come to a head this year with his little bit of niggly injury sort of coming in, which is a shame to see. Hopefully he's fighting fit, ready for 2024. Yeah, But I believe at the moment he's at 212 Cass appearances. Is he really? really? Yeah, which is unbelievable. Mm. Since 2016, obviously, he's um, been a stalwart of that team. 
came in in a swap deal for Scott Moore, which I think I think every fan in rugby league might agree that we got the better end of that deal. I tweeted that a couple of weeks ago, and there was lots of Wakefield fans just replying to me going, yeah, but at the time, but at the time, I was like, yeah, that's not the point, yeah, is it? At the time, <laughs> like, he scored a, tr- like, he scored a try against Bradford and kept them up, right? One try. Uh, and then I don't even want to go into the rest of Scott Moore's story, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, that was... The, I think Wakefield fans have got they've got they've got all the rainbows and the, the sunshine at the minute, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> I think to to, to them have made something positive of that deal um, was was pretty remarkable. I think yeah. it was the ultimate lopsided deal, I think, really, regardless of some try he scored a few years later. Um, yeah, getting Macker in for, for for Scott Moore. And I think we've told the story in the podcast before, haven't we? That we were playing Wakefield the week before. Yeah. He got a bit of abuse. He a lot a of bit, abuse. Popped a bit going off Paul McShane. And again, it was like Dennis Harmon earlier. The, the shoulders were going. There was a bit he of a knew. smile on his face. Why, yeah. why, is, why is he smiling? Yeah. We we knew. Exactly. But yeah, Mac is just a, a great player all around. Leads the team around brilliantly. Great out of dummy half in his day. Yeah, the pace might have gone nowadays, but he's still a, a very, very intelligent and smart player. And somebody you want in that team. There's no shock that teams were sniffing around him this off season, and rumours were flying that he might be going somewhere else because he's so highly thought of in and around the game. Yeah. You mentioned earlier with Shenny and the, and people's kind of crediting him for how tough he is to play against. Mac is another player that we can put into that category, I believe. Yeah, they call him a nuisance, don't they? A lot, they call him a, lot of, a pest. Yeah, uh, he's, uh, on a, on and off the field, he's a pest. <laughs> Yeah, I just think that that's it. It's just that kind of scrappy nine, but he's got some real oh. guile about him as well, isn't he? As you've said, and like how many times has he kicks 40 20s his own half and the fourth tackle and stuff like that. It's just he's been such a such an addition to the team. Um in seven years, in well, seven years he's been here, seven, eight yeah. years. And he's a player, I don't know whether it's possible. I think it was a there was rumors it was originally uh, put in his contract. Obviously, he's having his testimonial year this year. He's someone you'd want to keep around post playing career as well. Uh, for yeah. sure, he's clearly a very good coach. Yeah. Look at what he's done with the the Hunslet side. Exactly. Um, he's going to be a coach somewhere uh, in Super League going forward. They're probably an assistant to start with, then a head coach. So, depending on our coaching situation, in a couple of years time when he when he does pack it in, I think he's been quite open saying twenty twenty five will probably be it. Um, I mean, if Danny Max is still around, for example, kind of works perfectly because they're really good pals, aren't they? Yeah, they're very good pals. But it goes back to that. Uh, uh, rubby brain that he's got it's just it's second to none it's one of just the intelligence and you can you can see it on the field and we've probably had a bit more of a privilege than some people we've been able to see him in and around training and um, he really does G up the boys he's really in there he's almost like an extra coach already no matter what and has been for years even when kind of Powell, he first came in with Powley and obviously we had that brain's trust of Powley, Ryan Sheridan, Danny R. The extra coach there was almost Paul McShane. That's what you want. That's what you want. And he's a, he's a very valid, more than valid addition to the number nine. Uh, number nine shirt in this team, I think. So Paul McShane locked in at Hooker, which leaves four players. And the second prop is first up. So number 10. Number 10, I've gone Craig Yuby. Player Chubbs. I remember. Ah, put Chubbs in there. Obviously, now coaching at Halifax alongside Liam, Liam Finn, another former cast player. Unfortunately, Finney didn't really come into my mind when I was picking this team. Sorry. 
Great player uh, all the same. Great, great player all the same. But yeah, not quite. But yeah, Chubbs is straight in there for me. One of one of the easier picks. Um, 199 cast appearances, which when I was like, oh my God, as if he's one shot or 200. It's a shame. How got in his heart. Like Massey just got over the line for three hundred, didn't he? It's a shame they've not. It's a shame Chubbs couldn't at the end. Getting back in. Chubbs <laughs> had a play. couple of unfot. Yeah, well, I think his body shot. His body, <laughs> his shoulders are absolutely gone, which is he's <laughs> awful to hear because he was such a good player, but his shoulders have gone. I believe he had a couple of bad injuries at Cass, which kind of on his day, he was very very close to an England call up. Can't mm. remember what year, but it was extremely, co- extremely close, and I believe he injured his elbow badly, and it kind of ruined his chances. But he were like literally on the brink of be- of that big, big call up. I think he's one of those players now where almost enough time's gone that I think there's there's other names again. People are kind of our age who they throw in at that proposition who are going to miss yeah. out because yeah. Chubbs. And I think people forget how good Chubbs was. Forget how good and forget how long. He was at the club. Yeah. I mean, he had his testimony yeah. at the club, obviously, didn't he? Yeah. He, had ten, he did 10 years before yeah. moving on to, was it, well, to Wakefield Hud- and Huddersfield. 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 Huddersfield first, yeah. 10 years, came through as a 17, 18-year-old. Yeah. Which, but being able to do it for that long in a tough team where he's at, he'll have had his ups and downs, obviously, been down a couple of, relegated a couple of times and sort of stuck with the club. Yeah. When he probably had other offers as a very talented youngster, I believe when he first went down, he'll have only been 1920. There'll be been, been opportunities. There'll have been opportunities, surely, at some other clubs and stuck with us, stuck with his hometown, t- hometown team for 10 plus years and really became a legend for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I definitely think you could throw him in that modern day legend category for sure. Uh, Craig Eubin. Nice to hear. Obviously, he does quite a bit of, um, I'd just say, he's at Halifax and doing his coaching now. And I know he's coached down at Lot Lane, things like that as well yeah. in his spare time. And um, obviously, going up the ranks in terms of coaching now. And you hear him on media quite a lot, obviously, just BBC yeah, Radio. He Lee, talks very country. well. Talks very, very well. Loves cast. You can yeah. tell. <laughs> you can tell. He does. It's nice to hear a proper cast fan as well. And when they're on there, you can tell when they come through. And obviously, still, I think, still lives around the town as well. Yeah. And still, he's had business around the town and stuff. So. Yeah, we love Chubbs. Absolutely on this. One story I will tell you. I remember doing a um, careers day at a local school. I got invited down because my auntie was a teacher. And um, one of the other people that had been invited down walks in, Craig Yuby. Now, I've had the pleasure of knowing Craig for a number of years. His his mum actually lived next door to my auntie. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of known Craig for a little bit. And he kind of looked. Uh, walked in like a little lost puppy like everybody were basically doing because we had no idea where to go, where to sit yeah, uh, and seemed to notice me and beeline for me and just came and sat and we were <laughs> chatting chatting away um, and he always comes and says hello whenever whenever we pass um, sort of in the street, in the supermarket sort of thing as well, um, just a great bloke Nice one, and all I'm hearing from that is that puts you on the same level as Chubbs For some reason I got invited to a careers day <laughs> Don't quite know how I wrangled that, but you do favors for family. They must have been psychic and knowing about your future podcasting career. I assume. <laughs> <laughs> um, back row then, uh, three more players to pick, and um, we'll start with number eleven. Yep, another guy that's been at Cass since he's well, unfortunately he has moved on, but made his debut at Cass as a, a youngster. 
working through the system at Cass. One that I'm sure will be in a lot of teams as well, Oliver Holmes. Okay. Oggy, yeah. Got to have Oggy in there just for his defensive abilities. Unbelievable. Another one. I've got, in my head, I've got a left edge of um, Gailey playing that side at seven, Oggy at 11, Shenny at four, Justin Carney at five. It's got some tries. Oh, it's <laughs> a dreamy one, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, just, just Dorney filling in. <laughs> Dorney filling in, coming in, filtering in, in there. It's oh, just, just roll it back, please. Can I have a fantasy world where that exists? Um, but yeah, Oggy defensively, another great player. Um, I believe like him and Shenny really locked down that left edge for a number of years, but he had a sneaky turn of pace. I like to call it. Yeah, he did. He, he seemed to every now and then get his head, his nose through a gap and just go. And he created tries. He, um, great player hitting a line. Just some really good times down down the lane watching Oggy play. Um, obviously moved on, went over to Warrington with Pauli when he when he moved on as well. And now obviously at Lee, still doing it. Had a great year last year, sort of bounced back from his maybe disappointing, disappointing Warrington year. His Lee season, when I've watched him, back back to Oggy of old for me. Really solid, really consistent. I think the word consistent is the one that sticks out to me. Even in the yeah, bad yeah. games, you knew you were getting a at least a 7 out of 10 out of Oggy, regardless of how anybody else played. And more often than not, it were a 9 out of 10, 9 and 10 out of 10 every single week, no matter what. Obviously battled a couple of injuries like majority of rugby players do. Yeah, But yeah, great player. Yeah, still, still probably underrated, as you say. I yeah, think 100%, really 100% what, is. What he provided over those many, many, many games for Cass. Um, yeah, it'd be a sad day when he hangs him up. Um, because, I mean, whoever supplies the tape for his head is going to be in <laughs> a, a, a bad situation financially. I would assume uh, he's committed to that for many, many years. Oh. And I think for for the for the uh, for the purists of the game, I think that that brings a little smile. I think as well when you see the see the old head tape there, and you know, always been superb. And um, yeah, like one of those players I've grown up watching. Uh, really, Oggy Holmes. I completely understand why why being this team. Uh, other position on the back row then, so you're number twelve. Yeah, I've, I've I've put him in a position that people might not really realize that he played all that much. It's probably a player that everybody's screaming at me when they've heard me props going. Um, excuse me, where's Milo? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you've forgotten. Uh, spoiler is going to be in my team next week. <laughs> which pro- pro- probably the greatest overseas import that we've ever had. Yeah, all the way up there, isn't he? But yeah, I've got Grant Millen at 12. Obviously, he did play a number of uh, years well, in the he back came row. Over as, he did come, come over as a second row, didn't he? So he did. You, you can he have did. Him. And I believe he wore the 11 shirt for at least one season. Yes, he did. So we're like, well, he, he, he's played there quite a lot. I think I he mean, might have worn it for a couple of years, actually. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I've, I've snuck him in at 12. We've stuck him in back row and it's... But what can you say about Milo? Just unbelievable servant to the club. Definitely has a home in Cass. I mean, oh, sure. this year he came over for a visit and everybody was getting giddy that he was putting his boots back on. <laughs> everybody thought he was coming back to save us. Everybody thought he was going to do a day for theatre and come back and save us. 
but no, he's a, he's definitely hung him up now. He's officially hung him up. He had a, a season yeah. out playing over Lillian Oz, um, and I believe now he has officially decided to uh, retire from rugby league, which is a shame. But yeah, just the unbelievable ability of this bloke. Just you could throw him in at six if you want. You could throw him in. <laughs> Sorry, Rangi. I think six. you could put him in any position, and he'd, he'd stick his hand up and do a job. Because he's just so he's so talented as a bloke. On the rugby field, he's just a huge monster. His ability to ball play as well. He really makes that ball playing forward and that power for like go forward together, which is perfect. Other teams must have been how how we kept hold of him for so long. I have no idea. No, I mean there was rumours knocking around at various points, wasn't there? But ne- never that strong, really. Never that strong. Uh, there was always there was always whispers about certain teams. It was always kind of the big four as well. It was never anything lower than that. But it was just just full commitment. And obviously we we honoured whoever he wanted contract wise, yeah. I assume. And but yeah. I, I, we've, we've talked before about players being on kind of overinflated contracts and stuff like that towards later stages of the career. He's one that he doesn't apply to because no. he never dropped his standards. No, he didn't. Standards yeah. never ever dropped, did they? And that was absolute no. testament to him. In, well, yeah, 10 years, 10 plus years of being a cast player. Yeah, between 2012 and 2021. And you spoke about it'd be a sad day when Oggy Holmes uh, hangs him up. It was a very sad day that day when... That's a fair bit of tape as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Milo, Milo had a fair bit as well. When Milo hung him up and left Cass, obviously it was the same yeah. day that obviously Pauli left and Shenny left. And it felt like the heart of the club had been ripped out a little bit, especially for me. Yeah. I'll be honest. Um, unfortunately, the club times move on, but I'll always remember days watching Milo down at down at, at the jungle. Just unbelievable. And I'm, I mean, his warm up. He always looked knackered, regardless. <laughs> First minute or eightieth minute, looked knackered. Looked like he were jogging and chugging away, especially towards in the sort of 2020-2021 seasons. Just looks like he were chugging away, but it's like. He never give him the ball, and then yeah. <laughs> it's like, where's this come from? I thought you were blowing. First of energy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, unbelievable player, unbelievable oh. player. Miller. Again, I think he is one of those players that will like transcend lists. Yeah. Um, when when people do this, when we get people on in, in the sixties, and you know, who remember, you know, the great teams, obviously eighty six. For example, will yeah. probably provide a few players, and obviously great sides in the nineties, and and before that, obviously, um, Miller was one of those oh. teams who could who would not be out of place in any single team, mm-hmm. regardless of what rule you want to do for your team. No. Miller would not look out of place in any. I don't no. think, and um, many positions as well. Just shows yeah. the versatility and that he had. And I mean, we joke about the fact he played halfback, but he did. And more to the point, it's not the fact that he could fit in at halfback when we needed. We won games when he yeah. played at six. I remember it was amazing. Just a, amazing. Challenge, a challenge cup game, I believe it was Grant Milliton and Paul McShane at halfbacks. What more do you want? And it's like <laughs> what more do we, you want? we started many games with Grant Milliton at six. Unbelievable. And it's, I know. Um, I don't know if you can listen to this pod, but I know uh, Aaron Bauer's a huge, huge fan. Really, yeah. <laughs> journalist Aaron Bauer re- like regularly references the fact that Grant Millington played at six, and yeah. uh, it was. Uh, I think he even asked us a few times when we were at games. Like, oh, I played at six again, <laughs> in in hope, just in genuine hope that he's going to watch a good game of rugby if that's happening. And I think uh, he's one of those players where he'll probably be a favourite of fans of other clubs as well. Yeah. He's yeah. one of those players where everybody could probably say, wow, Grant Millington's a great player. I won't mind him at my club. 
think the word is respect, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I think there is. He's maybe of all the players on on this list so far, these twelve teams, in terms of players who command the most respect. There's, don't get me wrong. There's, there's a few on there that command a fair bit. Miller's right up there. I don't think any player commands more respect than Miller. Uh, yeah. Really, into the way, the way he carries himself, the way he's a, as a professional, and obviously the, his actual quality on the field, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely top top draw. Um, one of those players who we want to get on the pod as well at some Definitely. point and, and just just chat to him. Uh, Got some love stories. To love to hear his stories about his time in Cast and uh, obviously what he's getting up to now. Um, um, so if you're listening, I think his brother listens too, Pat. Ooh. So um, give him a nudge. <laughs> give him a nudge. <laughs> we'll get him on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure everyone would love to hear uh, from Grant. Uh, so that brings you. To number 13. That brings yep. you to your final position as we wrap things up. So final. who plays loose forward in your uh, in your 13? Joe Westerman. Currently wearing the number 13 shirt. An absolute legend. What I'd use can we use legend? It's close. He's getting uh, there. Could isn't be. He? Could be. He's, he's getting there. Could be. It's it's that longevity thing at Cass, isn't it? Where That's the thing. For the fact he started his career and well, likely going to end his career. That's the, he's book ended his career at Cass. Yeah, and he, ain't far, he ain't far off. He ain't far. Off. I, I sure. think this, this year he's got the potential to be regarded as a proper Cass legend. Is is the the best praise I can give him? Really, I think he, he deserves that. I think this year, looking at his stats, this year if he plays most of the season, he will have played more games at Cass than he will have anywhere else. Right. Which I think is the only knock. On the, yeah, I'm saying he's a cast legend. Yeah, so yeah. I believe he's played the most games at Hull FC at the moment. It's one of those things where by, my, by me not immediately heralding a legend, it's not saying yeah. he doesn't deserve it. It's just you kind of want to keep that legend word somewhat it, sacred, it, yeah. don't you, in a way. And it's just like you don't want to let too many in. And he's very, very, very close. close. But as you say, this year, I think he can be. I remember him as coming when he came through, obviously. He, his big breakout year was that sort of first year in the championship, or his first year in the championship. Um, won Young Player of the Year there, then went up to Super yep. League and won Super League Young Player of the Year. Yep. Was heralded as sort of the next big thing. I'm sure comparisons to Paul Sculthorpe and yep. Andy Farrell kind of knocked about. I remember watching the a, time, which is I think England played Wales or England played France or something like that, and he was injured. Um, so he couldn't play, and like they were, they were like panning to him in the crowd, because like he was like, oh my god, like Westman's not not been able to make it. But like, like how often do you see that? Like they'll put panning to somebody who's just not been able to quite make the squad. It's like that's how excited they were yeah. about the prospect of a yeah. 18, 19 year old Joe Westman breaking into that that England side that had like Sam Burgess playing for it. <laughs> you know, like I mean, this is yeah. he, he was just in terms of pure pure talents coming through as a young kid. You mentioned Daryl Clark earlier. I won't dwell on Daryl yeah. Clark. I'm sure we're going to get to him in future episodes. But West is right up there. As a 17-year-old, I've we, we, not seen much like it, to be honest. You talked earlier about Shenny when he left Saints. He's up there in them in those conversations of arguably, especially of the 21st century, the best products we've had at Cass. Yeah, yeah. You look yeah. at sort of Shenny, Daz Clark, Joe Westerman as Probably the three standouts. Yeah, I couldn't argue with that too much. Unless there's someone I'm really missing. But I yeah, I'm trying to wrap my brain, but I don't think. But yeah, Westy made his debut in 2007. Think right. about how long ago that was. And he's still going. And he's he's not taking a step backwards at all. 
Yeah, I mean, like I say, I know we're not saying too much based on last year, but still our best player. I, yeah, <laughs> Let's be honest, still our best player. He's, he's won our player of the year for the last two years. Yeah. Say what yeah. you want about our teams in the past couple of years. He's still been the standout. Yeah. And even after everything that sort of happened at the beginning of this season, and we all know, which could have really knocked his mental state and his focus and kind yeah. of what he wanted to do. To be able to put in some of the performances he has done this year is unbelievable. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I think we've talked about in a recent episode, haven't we? It's almost... I don't, I don't want... It, this is not glorifying it or anything like that. It was no. still... Shouldn't have done it. Let's shouldn't have done it. But it, it almost makes it more impressive yeah. in, in a way. And again, that's not to denounce what he did. It's not. No. But it's just the fact that he had that kind of looming over. The fact that if you Google Joe Westerman now, that's... You're not seeing loads of pictures of Minakasha. I mean, that's, that's the fact. <laughs> the fact he still got that um, and was able to just kind of tunnel vision and just play a massive part in keeping the club up, basically, yeah. this year. And like you say, putting a, putting a player performance. I mean, I recently, I don't know if it's out yet, I recently went on a Saints podcast where they're previewing or reviewing kind of every team's season. And they got to kind of the player of the year uh, aspect of it and asked me for the player of the year. And they were just like, um, just without Westerman, because that's obvious. That, yeah. That's genuinely what they said. They, they want yeah. me to pick someone else because Westerman's just clearly the best player. So, so obvious. But, I mean, as you say, from like opposition view, that's how it's viewed by a Saints fan who's obviously exactly. regarded, who's used to top, top performers. He's got so much respect to the player across the game, hasn't he? Yeah, he's just, he's very well thought of. And I believe it, his time at Cass has only elevated that kind yeah, of back, so. to the, back to the standard that he was. Yeah, uh, I believe a couple of years he was maybe a little bit. I don't want to say average because he's still been a great player throughout his career. He's maybe it, taken. Didn't a step feel like it, it just. I don't know if it was a bit like round peg square hole in a, yeah. in a few certain teams, in a few positions. Yeah, and maybe when Hull, he was top, a good performer at Hull, but he was just, just kind of floating around a little bit at times. Same at Warrington, at Wakefield, he kind of started yeah. getting his head back on it and picking himself back up and obviously he was very good in his last year at Wakefield and then as you say he's, he's, that trajectory has kind of risen in the last three years Yeah, to the point where is he at his peak now you'd like you say so I mean it, 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 you'd, you'd be hard pressed for him to kind of improve again next year mm. but at the same time if we can keep a team around him on the field um, and you know have actual forwards that can play for yeah. 25 games so he doesn't yeah. have to be in the middle yeah Um. Yeah, I mean, again, he's played six this year, hasn't he? He's done the Miller he's, role uh, multiple times. He can unlock defences with his ball-playing ability at the line. He's, he's He's got a little bit of a kicking game, which is quite interesting every now and then when he pops it out. You're we almost seen, a bit shocked. For better or worse, we have seen a Joe Westerman kick inside the first 10 minutes of a game down the line this year, this year which, you know, take that for what it's, worth, what it's worth, but he's certainly confident enough to do it and does have the ability. Do you reckon he can still goal kick like he used to at the beginning of his career? He's not done it for I a while. I reckon he'd have a good go. <laughs> I'm, you mentioned goal kickers earlier on, and I mean, I've got a few that... You've got Gale, you're fine. He's got Gale, <laughs> but I mean, I'm I'm looking at Chubbs and, and Westy. I'd like to see a competition. I remember a touchline conversion from Chubbs um, to earn a draw against Bradford down at the jungle. Absolute clutch and just ice in his veins. Absolutely. From the touch, like, oh, it <laughs> was a thing of, be- thing of beauty. 
Love it. I, I love a prop leaking kick. It's, it's, it's not, <laughs> there's not enough of it in the game. One of my favourite kicks of all time is from a non-cast player. It's the Paul Anderson one <laughs> for Saints, where again, it's a similar kind of thing. Kicks up the touchline. First ever kick, I think. Absolutely nails it. Still unbelievable. Love a big lad kicking a goal like that. I'm, I'm sure they could. I'm sure West, yeah. I, look, we know he's competitive enough to give it a good go, don't we? Yeah. So, like, I'm sure he'd have a good crack. Um, but yeah, that, that brings us there to an go. end. I think. That brings our first My 13 episode to an end, thank you very much, Adam. Adam, thank you too much because you're always here. I'm always uh, lingering <laughs> about. Like a bad but, smell. Uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. I'll just run through it one more time. So Luke Dawn at fullback, Denny Solomona, Jake Webster, Paul, uh, Michael Shenton, and Justin Carney across the bat line, Rangy Chase and Luke Gale, the halves. Props of Mitchell Sargent and Craig Huby, Paul McShane between them at hooker, Ollie Holmes and Grant Miller in a bat row, and Joe Westerman at 13. He's a Bloody strong team it is, and um, yeah, that's Adam's favorite thirteen. It won't be your favorite thirteen. That's no. why we're going to do loads of these episodes. That's why we want to talk about all of these players. I want to hear about players from before my time. That's one of the reasons yeah. why I wanted to do this series. I want to hear about the eighty-six guys. I want to hear about the night. I want to hear about Hardesty and Epworth. I hear about yeah. the H bombs all the time. Yeah, we're going to get you on. We're going to hear about these stories. I can't wait for that. Um, I'm going to do my next week. Uh, my dad's really keen, so he's going to do one. That'll be, that'll <laughs> be a good one. one. I can't wait for your dad's. I'm looking forward to my dad's. Um, but we've got a bunch lined up. We're going to have another one uh, with at least one of you guys who regularly speaks to us on Twitter in the next kind of two, three weeks as well, which we're looking forward to. I won't give too much away. Um, and yeah, well, hopefully this is going to be an ongoing series. Uh, which will go alongside our regular schedule programming. It's just a bit lighter, isn't it? Let's be fair. We, we, we get into the depth sometimes when on the usual episodes, so it's nice just to talk about casting all its niceness sometimes. And it makes you feel a bit prouder about the club, I think, sometimes, doesn't it, when you're hearing about these these brilliant stories and these brilliant players we've had over the years. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you may have watched to a certain degree, not us, but you'll have watched a screen with the audio on it. If you have, that means you're on the Coivecast YouTube channel, for some of you, that might be an easier place to take in the Coivecast than Spotify. Not everyone has Spotify, for example, uh, and various other pod, pod, uh, podcast platforms. Um, so head over there now. Go to YouTube, search Coivecast, subscribe, and you can even put the notification bell on so you'll be able to get a bell every single time an episode goes live. So head over there and you'll never miss a Coivecast episode. And yeah, it might be a little bit easier for some of you to use YouTube. And the more people uh, we can get listening to the pod, the better, obviously, for our point of view. Adam, thank you very much once again. Been a pleasure. Thank you for having me and thank you for using me as a guinea pig. You're more than welcome, mate. More than welcome. We'll see you next time. Coif.